All right, welcome to Girls Room, where each week we unpack the foundational text of the 2010s, HBO's Girls. I'm Julia Gray. I have my incredible co-host with me, Drew Haskins. Hi. We also have a very special guest with us. She's an editor at The Nation, Alana Pockros. Hi. Girls Room. How's it going? It's good. I'm glad to be here. Um, Full disclosure, my first podcast ever. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. So exciting. I feel like we've had a few podcast versions and it always goes well. It's very, uh, very casual, very conversational. We get your feet wet. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm excited. We, We also got lucky today with two like shockingly incredible episodes I thought like I didn't like in my mind season three of girls is kind of like still good but kind of like a a dip um but these two I was laughing at like seven in the morning because I'm always watching these like seven in the morning but oh nice yeah so Alana how did you come to the show yeah so I was thinking about this when it came out in 2012 right um Mm -hmm. I was like late high school um and I didn't watch it then I was sort of a I hate to say it I was kind of a um I was a bit of like a Ray like snob and I was like I'd watch like Tarantino movies and I like uh would watch British skins but otherwise I like didn't really watch tv um and then I think I watched it in full only for the first time in like 2017 Mm -hmm. um which is like when I graduated college yeah pretty late um and then I watched it again in full in 2019 um relatively recently and embarrassingly I feel like that's when it actually like hit me the hardest which maybe like lends to my arrested development or something but um uh I think that that was the moment it wasn't actually until like 2018 2019 that I was like okay I'm gonna try to like be a writer um and and yeah I think when I watched it that time around it hit me in a new way um and and yeah I I've been re-watching it a little bit um before this but uh yeah how do you think the show holds up in your eyes? Like looking at it from your snobby Ray high school persona to your college point of view to now? Yeah, I mean, I think all the the criticisms, actually not all the criticisms. I think the criticisms that it's sort of a narcissistic show. I don't necessarily uh, care that much for that criticism. I think the criticisms that it's like, obviously uh you know lena hannah rather and her group of friends all white characters etc um i guess it in that way it wouldn't i don't think it would have been casted the same way um but in some respects i have to admit that i feel like hannah casting it the way she did was was or lena rather hard to separate them in my mind a little bit um was like her being honest to like probably I don't know what her group of friends was like in college which is like you know not saying that's a good thing but uh 
I feel like it was very honest in that way. So I don't know. I still feel like rewatching it, it holds up on so many dimensions in terms of uh, sort of feeling lost when you're in your 20s, obviously, um, aimlessness, um, like all the difficulties of becoming a writer still feel honestly about the same. Um, and yeah, so I don't know. I still, I still think it holds up if I were to do a kind of like thumbs up, thumbs down to it. Yeah. We talk about that a lot, how it in many ways maybe seems like it aged poorly, but all in all, she was doing, she was writing what she knew and it would just be maybe dishonest to try to paint a different picture. Right. Right. Yeah. I agree. Um, definitely. And I mean, like sh this episode, well, I like episode six at least, like really taps into like how the New York media landscape has been for the past decade. And I thought it was <laughs> sort of ahead of its time, like especially, yeah. you know, talking about the like advertorial model and like, Especially, I mean, we're recording this after like a few high profile website shutdowns over the past few months. And like, it just, I don't know why, like watching this really like kind of hit home, like um, how mm. tenuous writing is as a profession, which I'm I'm not a writer, I know y'all are, but like, it is a very, like, she really is so good at like navigating like class on this show and this was just like another like interesting exploration of like that I thought for sure I feel like that's actually maybe why when I watched it uh in like 2018 or 2019 it felt like it hit close to home because that was when I was like trying to become a writer I got a job writing spawn con and I was like this isn't going to be a full-time thing it's going to be my like uh temporary job or whatever um and and yeah I feel like if anyone's ever like what is what is spawn con or advertorial writing like Ray probably gives the best uh like two sentence summary of it in that episode right where he's like saying Hannah like what what's the sponsor like obviously GQ didn't hire you just to like be a writer and then they're like tiptoeing around it in the office with you know her like kind of hot co-worker and mm -hmm. yeah this is a perfect episode to have you on for I mean like the like respecting yourself trying to be a journalist to cashing in for spawn con pipeline is I I, I know it well many people do a hundred percent and then like also of course the moment where you like see her kind of like existential crisis play out where she's like having snacks with her coworkers and like they all say like yeah we wrote for m plus one we wrote for the new yorker like we're all like real writers too so to speak real in quotation marks and she's like it should be the moment where i feel like she should be like uh kind of like realizing how lucky she is but instead she's kind of like oh shit like I don't want to become like them and yeah. so she has her like breakdown moment um and I guess she doesn't quit in that episode but later on does yeah. or or gets fired I don't really remember what happens how she leaves the job but obviously she does at some point 
before we get into recapping the episodes proper, we have two questions that we ask every guest. Um, the first of which being, which girl are you? Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I think I'm a Hannah with a little bit of Shoshana. Um, I think I'm a Hannah because I'm like, uh, I've definitely had moments of sort of like navel gazing ishness and like also just like naivete about the world, which I guess they all do. And I feel like the Shoshana in me is the sort of like, uh, like thinking a lot about um, outer appearances and like, am I doing things right? Am I on the right path? Um, kind of vibe, you know? Yeah, that's a, a classic combo. I feel like I'm a cusp as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's actually the most common combo our guests have come in with too. Really? Um, yeah, there's something about that, those two girls specifically that really checks off a lot of boxes for people. What are you? I'm a Marnie, but I am feeling myself getting inc- increasingly more Shosh-esque um, mm. as like Shosh matures a little bit more. That's kind of a weird, a Marnie-Shosh combo is kind of a weird combo though. So I'm kind of, mm-hmm. I'm excited to see how like things settle because I haven't rewatched this show since it originally aired. So it feels wow, like Wow, you've very... got a great memory. <laughs> I I am really excited. Like it feels like fresh eyes in a lot of ways because like yeah, it's been I mean six years since the final season came out at this point, which is like crazy. Yeah. But yeah, it's also so I feel like burned in both of our brains. All yeah, right. just I thinking mean, about this this podcast. Yeah, and yeah. like we talked on a few a few episodes ago about how this show like hasn't really had like a massive TikTok revival or mm-hmm. in the same way that like Sex in the City kind of always is poking around like I mean not to compare Glee and girls but like Glee is like on everyone's TikTok at all times the past two weeks especially though girls is all over my feed and I don't I was know just if gonna that's say just that. like algorithm but I was gonna say that not necessarily TikTok but just friends of mine I feel like everyone's rewatching it yeah. and maybe somebody's always rewatching it and that's sort of the nature of the show yeah HBO is now posting clips of the show to their official accounts on TikTok though oh my god Interesting. that's yeah. part of them it that's feels I don't remember I th- I don't remember the chronology of what episode we talked about this but like I a few episodes ago we were talking about how one of the girls might be in the white lotus like whatever the new white lotus season is and i kind of think now that oh, that might actually sure. be true and they're like soft launching that's a really good to come point. in who's it gonna be what who did we say i think we thought allison williams would be like first thought but a good choice but like zosha would be the person cast that's it. interesting yeah that makes sense that makes that that would be such a smart move on their part. Yeah. I'm curious to see like data from HBO on if more people are watching girls this year. I feel like like why else would they randomly promote a show from 10 years ago? Yeah, it's gotta be based on like data, right? Yeah. And I mean Allison Williams, I mean, is the biggest movie star in the world right now with Megan still. So yeah. maybe they're like capitalizing on that. 
But all the clips I've been seeing have been like best of Shosh clips, essentially. Mm. Interesting. Maybe, like, there's something about the current moment that maybe is like it's very Shoshana-esque, but mm. I don't know. We'll have to see how it plays out. Oh, the other question we asked guests is um, who is your girl's crush? Oh, my girl's crush. Um, I have to pick one. You can pick multiple. I guess it's Adam and Jessa. That is a good combo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I feel like everyone wants to be Jessa, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Adam is just like goofy, hot. Um, I've always thought he was hot. Doesn't matter yeah. what, what he's in, honestly. Um, yeah. He's so hot. It's a, um, I don't know if it adds or takes away from it that he's just a full-on psycho in this show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't that, know. Like, like crazy sexuality though. Yeah, no, that's definitely startling. I don't remember uh what episode it is where he's it's before these ones we're discussing, I believe, where he's like dating the daughter of the woman that he meets in group in AA. Mm-hmm. And that like really brutal scene. Yeah. Yeah. That was less hot. So cringe definitely less hot i guess he's also like i don't know it's like that he's he even though he is like so like uh unhinged sometimes he can be like so deeply emotional and sweet with hannah like more i think actually in these episodes at least the first one he's almost like presents himself or reveals himself as more emotional than yeah than hannah yeah He's definitely, like, the way that the show uses Caroline to reveal shades of, like, his upbringing and why he is the way he is and how, like, contrasting him with Caroline, like, makes him want to appear more mature to Hannah, too. And he does so, like, pretty successfully, too. Like, Are um, they twins? Are they supposed to be fraternal twins? I think Caroline's supposed to be older. Got it. Yeah. One thing, so, I mean, this is sort of unrelated. The, well, kind of. I mean, I was watching the Super Bowl last night mm-hmm. and Adam Driver was in a bunch of commercials and like trailers for new movies because he's, he's. Oh, really? Yeah, he's doing just random action movies now, which is kind of an mm-hmm. interesting pivot. But he was in all these commercials last night for like, I don't remember what the product was, but they were all playing off that idea that he is like, just like crazy. Mm-hmm. which I'm surprised he played into that in the first place but I feel like Adam the appeal of Adam Driver isn't that he's like crazy it's that he's like intense and goofy more so yeah I feel like he's kind of like a big like elephant or something that's like really like clumsy like he always has his feet like he's super pigeon-toed and sort of just like goofy but is big so he kind of like doesn't have awareness of like where his body should go yeah 100 lap dog yeah exactly we should were we gonna say the same thing i think so (laughs) yes please 
So we're on season three, episode five, which is called Only Child. Hannah's book editor, David Pressler Goings, a much um, uh, celebrated character on this podcast. He's died and the episode starts at his funeral. It's, of course, one of the first lines said by Hannah is like, oh my God, Zadie Smith is here. Like, I love her being at this. Right. I mean, I think the title of the episode says it all, right? Yes. Yeah. It's only child stuff. Like, she can't separate herself from this tragedy. Right. I think the word, like, to me, like, the most, like, Larry David cringe moment of the episode is when she's talking to the wife and she's like, so would you, like, maybe know of, like, another publisher that would be interested in the book? (laughs) <laughs> yeah the larry david comparison is spot on and it definitely felt like an almost like an equal trade-off for the wife um confusing her with another client of david's who had uh who overcame obesity and right <laughs> i mean right yeah yeah it was also for me as i was watching that scene i was also like okay just like thinking of the writer perspective of like, okay, this agent basically was like somebody that uh, was looking for like memoirs of people just kind of like spilling about themselves in like a like messy way, which is in a way it sort of like highlights that like Hannah actually wasn't that special. He was just like looking for books like this, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like it kind of reveals what we already kind of knew about David Pressler goings was that (laughs) sees Hannah as this crazy millennial messy girl who like writes about giving blowjobs and you know Mm -hmm. I I thought that was very revealing definitely yeah and she's so destabilized by this encounter like thrown I mean both of the episodes we cover but she definitely comes home to the adam caroline situation like very frantic (laughs) because of this and this is when she kicks caroline out right yeah i think it's not right when she gets home i think yeah okay or or that happens later in the episode but okay she comes back she's just kind of beside herself and Adam and Caroline are fighting and she oh everyone yeah. To, yeah she she kind of sits everyone down to talk through it and she's the worst mediator in the world because she is so yeah she's she says um like we everyone tell each other you love you love them and she's yeah like, and she's like me you love me yeah <laughs> she's doing like a bad Esther Perel of uh 2012 right yeah i thought it was so funny that her reference point was dr phil too and not like yeah oprah (laughs) she went straight to the like (laughs) she might as well have picked jerry like it's so (laughs) funny um i i think abby hoffman's a genius i just really want to put that out there like for sure so good she's also kind of um, I don't know if you guys saw Come On, Come On, but she was really great in that. Um, I haven't yet. Yeah. Um, 
or was it come on come on or is it am i thinking I think of- that's the mike mills one right with joaquin phoenix uh-huh yeah, yeah yeah she's joaquin phoenix's sister in that and she's really good but that's she's also of, really like, good sibling casting joaquin and yeah, gabby joaquin. together yeah <laughs> playing a sister she's also a good crazy sister and uh what's that show transparent um, Transparent. yeah great sister character she always sort of also like plays this sort of like just like really like natural ethereal sort of like woman like kindergarten teacher vibe wearing like a big sweater and like uh has like really poofy frizzy hair and is like some kind of artist yeah but also like there's an element of danger to her like the line about like adam wanting to have sex with her that she just throws out in the middle of oh the my argument. God. like it's awesome. kind of play it is played for laughs but it's also like i mean obviously a very deeply disturbing thing to just throw out there casually and speaks yeah. to such like a deep undercurrent of unwellness <laughs> with her like totally and she kind of like yeah, it's almost like somebody that's like been to like way too much therapy or something. Yeah. Like she kind of like believes or she just like really believes in her own conviction so much. Um or is trying to find hidden meanings in things that might not have. Yeah. Yeah. Just like over over psycho psychoanalyzing everything. Yes. Yeah. 100%. I, the disturbing thing though is Gabby Hoffman and Adam Driver have like insane chemistry. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh no. You said no, maybe she's right. <laughs> no, but like the well, I mean the moment on the couch that they share with like the fighting like that, yes. I was like, this is yeah. really intense. And he's on top of her. Yeah. I tell if that was on purpose. Well, I feel like I like misremembered it because when I was re-watching it yesterday, um, I was kind of like, okay, she's about to say something like, see, like you're on top of me, but she doesn't, right? I don't think she does. Mm -mm. I was like waiting for the mic drop moment and then she doesn't say anything. It's very interesting. I mean, I think also it, it, it had, it was written into the script that he is, you know, fighting on top of her on the couch. Yeah, that's true. It's very clear to see like this is I don't know she I don't know if we're supposed to understand like where she's yeah or but it it is an interesting moment they're both like wild animals in the same way though like Caroline is definitely a little bit more like of the dark side of that than Adam is but um I mean, this was, I thought this was a great scene in general and, like, also just so, like, sitcom funny. Like, I love it when girls get sitcom funny like this. Mm-hmm. But, well, I say that, but I actually, I thought the publisher scene when Hannah gets a meeting oh with the the um, the wife's referral. Oh, the that, laughing publishers? Yeah, that was a little too cartoony <laughs> for me. I see, I see what you mean. I was like, this is starting to feel like the other two or like Broad City or something. This yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh my God. It was very Kate Berlant and the other, yes. <laughs> and the other two. Um, yeah, not, was, a, not a favorite scene. No, I was, was really happy. It was to funny see. though. It just didn't, it felt like off balance. A yeah, 
definitely yeah. a little bit like broad for what they usually do. Um, that was another scene that rewatching it, I had forgotten that moment, I guess, because you always think going through it anyway, like Hannah's fuck, she's obviously not, the book's not going to happen, but I like forgot the details of why it wasn't going to. And then this was it, it's like, she's actually almost there. And then the lawyer yeah. stuff, and she's like, obviously not mature enough to like, recognize that like the logistics of like the legal contract are like actually real, right? Yeah, yeah. like she scores a meeting with these this publisher and they love her and want to publish her book and her dad calls her and says that yeah the book can't be published for three years because the old publisher owns the rights yeah and according to her cousin who's like a lawyer for sandwich franchises and she refuses to take it seriously i like one of the things that i feel like i forget a lot about girls and the sort of like her strive Hannah striving to like become a writer is her parents are supposed to be academics right or like professors Mm -hmm. so it's sort of like it's like when you really think about it if you if this was like real life right like this person that's like trying to become a writer whose parents are academics like low-key is probably actually well connected in this world to some extent right and they like kind of know they kind of like would know what she's going through maybe right one would think but i don't yeah. think they're like do we have clarity on what kind of academics they are like what what's their area of studies not that i can remember off the top of my head like they they definitely seem like people who like they've never really understood her as a writer i guess which leads yeah. me to think that they're like I mean, they could be in like STEM or research or something, but something totally um, detached. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I thought that it was sad for Hannah though, because this is like kind of a rare win for her in a lot of ways. Like she's actually getting somewhere on her own merit, only to be stymied by a system that like is pretty exploitative. Like yeah. I didn't know that they did. Um, rights holds like this in publishing like my background's in music business Alana and like they do this all the time with Uh masters and publishing rights and stuff but I or for music publishing rights but I had no idea that this was like a thing in the yeah industry as well I honestly I haven't done like a ton in books but um I mean I believe it I mean like sometimes magazine contracts can be really restrictive in that way Mm -hmm. um but but yeah, I don't know. I guess we never, he kind of, the uh, the uh, agent dies or editor, I guess he is, dies. And then, I don't know. When I was rewatching these, I didn't watch past what we were talking about because I was like, I don't want to like mix them together. But yeah. I'm going to have to go finish tomorrow. So I can <laughs> remember yeah. what happened. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. It, it is, I feel, you feel sorry for Hannah in this scene, but of course she's kind of still stepping on her own toes by ignoring saying um Mm -hmm. that he just had like a uh, like a surgery or something or I don't know she she's not she almost becomes a sympathetic character and then she (laughs) is just yelling at her father who's had a tough day and it's just right that's the other thing that in that moment you they shoot to him or they they scan to him like on the phone and he's clearly like 
in pain or something and he starts a conversation out by being like I had a procedure and she doesn't even like care to like figure out like what procedure he has had right yeah it's interesting writing there Yeah. yeah I also just like seeing um her dad just like sprawled out in a lawn chair <laughs> like in a public park like he's it got his very... like yeah oh sorry go ahead no I it's just very believable that like he's one of those guys like every park has like one of those guys who's just like full reclining in a lo- like a low to the ground lawn chair and I was like yeah this tracks that. <laughs> like this is him yeah and like he's got that little earring which for some reason like changes everything about him it does I mean like it literally does right you like you're like okay you used to be like a cool dude or something like he has like some like history that you want to like know about because he's just like a dad but I don't know great character great character um so Hannah's obviously upset about all this and not processing it well and she comes home to Caroline instead of Adam which is like the most combustible situation yeah yeah I do kind of like I mean Caroline's not going about it well but she's actually trying to be comforting to Hannah she just doesn't know that Hannah is so fussy in particular and needs to be coddled in very specific ways that like her tale of reassurance about her like child acting career or whatever it's just not gonna it's not gonna work no not right now not when like the wound is so fresh yeah and I feel like you sort of at least for me I feel like I like watching Hannah in these moments I like deeply feel that she feels like just nobody gets it like even if like Caroline is an actress or some sort of artist or something it's like she doesn't understand what this like book means for Hannah's like future financial future like create like and you feel Hannah just being so dismissive because she's just like you know it's it's very clear that deep inside she's like nobody gets it and it like would take too long for me to just like sit down and explain it to them yeah she yeah uh follows the conversation by kicking her out basically I mean Mm -hmm. literally yeah I, I don't know it, it's hard to watch because I, you like you said Drew Caroline's trying to help but it, it's just yeah and Hannah takes the nuclear option too like she also weaponizes all the stuff that Adam has said about Caroline against Caroline like the stuff that was said in confidence and I mean it's it's so disproportionately hurtful to what the situation requires and yeah, hard to watch. I d- um I don't remember what did Gabby Hoffman say. Oh yeah, she calls her a spoiled brat who just slid out of her mother's pussy like a golden egg. Oh yeah. That was a great <laughs> line that felt so so immediate. It did not feel canned. It was it flew out of her mouth. Yeah. Right. I, I rarely get like not embarrassed for my neighbors but like to listen to that <laughs> line at like 7 20 in the morning was a real uh, I, I was like immediately like pounding my volume down but so good. oh my god what else happened this episode um 
Did they go to the yeah. Oh, okay. I forgot what's what happens to them. Um well they have like a very small kind of window in this episode, but we'll we'll cover it before we get into Marnie, who definitely has a bigger yeah plot point. But Shosh and Jessa are living together and oh, right. so sick of Jessa, like kind of lounging around with her bohemian lifestyle and interfering mm-hmm. with her um show shed says she has a 15-year plan right mm-hmm. and then, <laughs> so and then just is like what happened she says something to the effect of like what happens after the 15-year plan and Shoshana's like it would be insane to think about that as yes. if like yeah. as if thinking about 15 years is not insane so funny yeah um, I I thought also so realistic for the character though too like yes I feel like when I was 22, I was definitely making like, I mean, honestly, yeah, kind of a 15 year plan too. Like not, none of it has like borne out in reality, but definitely <laughs> was like, doing it. Um, yeah. So Meanwhile, then, oh yeah, go on. We were probably going to say the same thing. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. Jessa decides she wants a job at a kid's clothing store. Oh Yeah. <laughs> touch of innocence yeah and Shoshana's like you have a criminal record (laughs) (laughs) it's like she's Jess is literally working on her 15 hour plan she's yeah I mean she just sees the help wanted sign and just walks across the street like so impulsive no indeed.com for Jessa like it's so so impulsive yeah yeah I mean, Marnie's being pretty impulsive this episode too. Like she, yeah, I feel gets for a her, cat but... out of a backpack. <laughs> it's yeah, I feel for her in this episode a bit because I'm just like, oh, she's like really floating, like really, really flailing along. Yeah, yeah. she ends up hooking up with Ray, someone who she has for so long been, you know disgusted by a little just because he lives in Brooklyn and he works at a coffee shop but now she's like we're no different and they hook up and it's um weird afterwards yeah it's weird I feel like they don't actually like at least in this run of the maybe episode or a couple like I don't feel like just because they're hooking up I don't think they get like any less disgusted by each other they it's very much like they're just like they're both kind of miserable and they're like this is what we've got and like it's like it's honestly kind of sad that that, I feel like that portion makes me sad on like a real level yeah I've said it before and I'll say it again like I really don't find this plot line especially realistic um Mm -hmm. for either character but really so yeah I I feel like I don't know she goes over to his place initially because she wants him to tell her what's wrong with her which yeah kind of get she's like this is the like nothing is going right in my life and this is the only person who's actually going to tell me why and right she's just kind of so down in the dumps after hearing what he has to say that she's like why not I need some I need the person who just tore me down to kind of reaffirm me oh. now but I feel like the things he says, like, for Ray, like, they could have been, like, more pointed. Like, I feel like he actually says some kind of, like, 
truism type stuff like i don't remember exactly what it was but it didn't even feel that specific yeah he calls her a fucking phony at one point which is like i feel like that's just something he talks about once a day like yeah yeah i also have a tough time believing that marnie wouldn't see a therapist like like she is like true she would be such like or at least like read some self-help books yeah self-help books actually feel like really because doesn't she go through that like sort of meditation phase or something or like health phase like smoothies and like yeah yeah doesn't and I feel like the Desi era she gets kind of like goop adjacent almost but that's the thing about that's the thing about her that I think is so like is like whatever she whatever she's surrounded by she becomes yeah. Like she kind of has so little agency that she's sort of absorbed in whatever like milia she's surrounded by. So it's like, you know, when she's being a host, she like dresses in this like sexy way. When she's like in her Desi era, she like, yeah, is what you just said. Yeah. Et cetera. Yeah. No, you're you're so right. She's very much a product of her environment, this character. Yeah, because she just doesn't know. I mean, like all of the girls' characters, she doesn't know who she is really, but yeah, maybe in a more amplified way. Yeah, I feel like these two episodes definitely show us these girls at their most unsure and yeah. their most kind of just absorbing what's around them and not sure who they are. Right. Especially the next episode. Well, do we want to get into it? Do we have anything else we want to say about episode five? I don't think so. Yeah, it was mainly a Hannah focused episode, which I yeah. like. And yeah. This next one was too. I thought this was easily the most successful Hannah storyline mm-hmm. of the episodes we've watched so far this season. Like, yeah. I, everything about G, the GQ was like, so funny so i mean (laughs) felt very true but also like the scene where she's like well not to jump ahead but the scene where she's like washing her hair in the office sink was like weirdly heartbreaking yeah Yeah. she's just trying to like like i I don't know shock herself into some reality or something yeah yeah i mean i don't know so hannah gets a job writing spawn con for gq and it's just not what she expected. I mean, we kind of teased it earlier, but yeah. she is working alongside these other writers, but she thinks she's kind of above them. And she thinks you're not real writers. But then Alani mentioned earlier, she finds out, oh no, this one like studied poetry at Yale and that one writes for N plus one regularly, but they're all just people also need to work and eat and live and have jobs writing spawn con for gq right but it's like the other thing is at least at the beginning right like she actually kills it in the job and she has sort of like like if i recall the like score at this point in the show is like happy music she's like this is like a high moment for her she's like killing it in the meeting she's kind of like answering her phone like really you know she has like a big girl job mm-hmm. um but then you know it doesn't last long yeah. of course I think that's I mean kind of the crushing realization for her too is like this 
quote unquote lowbrow form of writing in her mind comes so much more naturally and quickly to her than yeah. actual, you know, the kind of writing that she idealizes so much. Right. Um, and in the in the Caroline or the Caroline fight in the previous episode, she talks about how she can't write another book like that because she used up all of her life in that page. So like what's yeah. left uh to mind from. I can see how that would be like a a hard reckoning for someone who like really prioritize or like fancies themselves like a deep truth teller. Yeah, right. She's essentially doing like, and she they do mention that she got the job based off of her like cocaine article from uh, Jazz JazzHate.com. <laughs> so like <laughs> the like BuzzFeed to advertorial pipeline is a uh, yeah still up and running so. She's kind of also realizing the not, I mean, maybe the thing she's most known for at this point is like a, a blog post about trying cocaine. Yeah. Like it's just right. Our, this is how writers usually make money. And, you know, may, maybe she really is cut out to be like kind of a pithy Neiman Marcus article writer <laughs> or whatever. I mean, it feels very um of the that uh like 2012 moment of being sort of like confessional like the all gawker type like yeah uh first person bloggy style feels like so accurate to what maybe it meant to like be a a writer in that era I guess Mm -hmm. not that people don't still do it but I feel like that was a moment where I don't know a lot of people actually felt like they could like that was like a super viable form of oh, writing. Yeah, I mean, between like Gawker, like Kat Marnell's like big heyday and uh, like Man Repeller, all these sites, like that sort of like really raw, but also like experiential essay writing. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it was so in vogue and like putting herself through situations to get like a narrative out of it is... I guess something that still happens with writing, but it definitely is such like a hallmark of that kind of like turn of the decade blog era. Yeah, if anything, it's been that era, I think has almost been given a a bad name of like the like, you know, trauma just for just for the sake of, you know, getting clicks or whatever. Yeah. And like, to be fair, a lot of it is terrible, but there are so many good pieces from that era. Oh, or just like sure. I mean like real talents like I mean I mentioned Kat Marnell just now I think Kat Marnell is like one of the best writers of the past 15 years and like yeah. I mean even like the rookie mag stuff like for sure rookie yeah. mag. She, she's come back around of course in Gossip Girl but yeah, she has. <laughs> um yeah I mean if anything unfortunately it's been it doesn't play a role in the show I guess except for maybe the the part of girls where I don't even know what episode this is where she's talking to this older writer and the older writer is like talking about how hard it is to be a woman and write but I feel like the personal essay genre has been a little bit um at a certain point it was sort of turned into like almost a misogynistic thing which is that like like only women write like first person essays or whatever which sucks because I I you know I love reading those. I, I love reading stuff in the first person. <laughs> no, me too. I, I completely agree with you. It was definitely 
turned into a negative thing I feel like Gia Tolentino was like the last one and then everyone was like all right no more <laughs> I know but I, I think that's a shame I don't it know is a shame. I, <laughs> I would totally read and it's not like yeah. confessional writing is some like fad from the past 20 years or whatever either like memoirs have been a thing for centuries now 100 like, percent, yeah um I've been reading a lot of like political theory from my like grad school and it's not like like all of it is guys writing in the first person about like seeing it like a couple in the park and then being like oh that's so egalitarian and then thinking about like what the king has to do with it or whatever that you know what I mean that's not like that's yeah bad, but that's like bad the person theory, like. like the personal and then like out to the cult like yeah. using the personal to be like what does this mean in a wider conceptual work yeah, or world 100%. or something yeah it's a much I more eloquent that. way of putting what I just <laughs> said but um, no, I think that's a really effective way of writing and I feel like maybe Hannah, too. Hannah might just not be able to look broader you know yeah. she might have but which is also fine, you know, not everything needs to be uh, saying something about culture, but right. it's just, it's yeah. interesting. And I, I would be so curious to read a Hannah Horvath essay. Seriously, yeah. yeah. I hope yeah. Lena Dunham drops something soon, honestly. I would read it yeah. right I, up. 100%. We always, I... oh, sorry. Oh, no, go on. I was just going to say, we always say how, like, it's kind of the big mystery of the show that we don't know if Hannah's good at writing. You know, it's like, no. that's so funny. Yeah. Does she, she must have moments where she reads something out loud, right? Yeah. There's a poetry reading or no, it's an essay reading. It's an essay reading of the first season. Um, when she goes to like Michael Imperioli's. Um, is it's it like the a, moth thing? Is it, is it a moth thing? Might be. It's when, where yeah. she she reads something she wrote on the subway because she was afraid that her other oh yeah yeah enough or about death enough right yeah it's the deeper she goes on like a profundity level like the worse her craft gets which is like so sad and she's just like scraping the surface with this advertorial stuff and she's better than ever i yeah. nothing to be ashamed of nothing to be ashamed of but I, yeah she just identifies so much as a writer and someone who writes about you know her life and her yeah. truth i have to right. say i screamed at jenna lyons's appearance too oh my god i know i perfect perfect 2014 casting i totally forgot um that she and lena and jenny connor were such good friends like there was that i don't remember what red carpet event it was it might have been the met gala actually when they all showed up in identical j crew suits yeah, yeah. oh is that why she was in the show because she was lena's friend or was yes. the friendship see that happens it's funny how many times that happens in girls, right? Like with mm -hmm. Audrey Gelman. Mm -hmm. yeah. Audrey Gelman gives an incredible comedic performance in Jenna Lyons, not so much. Um, she fits her role, though. She fits her role. Yeah. yeah. Are so y'all Real Housewives of New York watchers by any chance? Uh, I have, yeah, but yes. I 
I've watched a little bit of it because um, one of the character's daughters went to college with me. <laughs> so I had to backtrack and like watch a couple episodes. But but anyway, yeah, go on. Yeah, well, they're rebooting the show. Like they're getting rid of all the old cast members and okay. they're building the new cast around Jenna Lyons. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. So she is about to be like a Bravo celebrity um in a way that I'm very excited for she has she had like some reality tv show that aired during the pandemic too about um I think the competition was to be her personal assistant oh sucked <laughs> and I've heard I haven't seen any of it but it's apparently like so bad it's like postmodern. <laughs> yeah there's no real I mean we don't have to go too deep into this but there's the objective of the show is so unclear you know <laughs> that one day they're doing like an interior design challenge the next day they're planning a dinner party it's like there's interesting it's, for like a no, micro celebrity yeah like nobody knows what the point is here but it, it was fun to watch for that reason yeah that I think in her character though in this episode of girls is like she has like where Hannah comes in and she's sort of like uh, basically like saying this job isn't right for me, right? Doesn't she say something like that? Yeah, she's like, I don't want to be here in 10 years, just so you know. Right. And and uh, <laughs> the creative director boss is like, uh, she's like, I'm putting copper pipes in my house. Like, I can't <laughs> talk to you. Like, she's doing something that's just clearly like what rich people do when they have like a brownstone or something. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, like, you don't want to be rich like me. Like, okay, take it or leave it. Literally. Oh my God. Yes. That is, that is it. I mean, and she says, because before they talk about anything, Jenna Lines is, says, you remind me of me, you know? And oh, right. It's, it really is like, you don't want to be, you don't want to have my life, which is good. I'm putting copper pipes in my house, then yeah. fine. She's yeah. Like, Email me if you still work here or something, which I think is a funny line. Mm -hmm. And another moment where I was sure until I rewatched it, that that was the moment where she walks out of the office, but she doesn't, she goes and washes her hair in the sink. Yeah. yeah I think she has this <laughs> job for almost the rest of the season if memory serves. Um, oh really okay I don't yeah that. and I th I think once she loses it that's when she goes to Iowa oh my god I might be course. wrong about that though um, I forgot that part of the show what else happened oh well she goes home like um Adam has been going on acting auditions oh yeah Hannah's been like solidified in her new life and she's um she doesn't really take his like aspirations that seriously which caroline and adam talk about in like the previous episode but the end of the episode ends with him getting a call back for a role oh yeah and she's like too like wrapped up in her own process to actually acknowledge it and then she falls asleep on the couch and doesn't do any of her process to begin with <laughs> right and it's like I mean, she doesn't take his his auditions that seriously, but it's also, I think, because if I remember correctly, he's sort of like, like, she's kind of like, well, wouldn't it be cool if you, like, actually got a job from one of these? And he was like, he's trying to play it off like he doesn't actually want to act because he, like, doesn't want to, like, I think 
the way that I read it is sort of that he doesn't want to like try and fail. So he's like, I'm not really trying to be an actor. I'm just like yeah. going on auditions or whatever. Right. Challenge, quote unquote. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I just like read people like like reading people's emotions or something. Like Okay. <laughs> and she's like, Oh, like acting, like, like that. <laughs> but like the minute he gets something, he's so excited and like he's so excited. He yeah. like immediately starts shit talking to other people who got the call back to like it's so it's cute. Like it's and cute. it's definitely, you know, foreshadowing what's to come with his character too. Like Yeah. And crazily Adam Driver in real life too, like getting uh huge roles from this one show like the one called back but what else happened this episode well mar okay this is my issue with the marnie ray plot beyond it just being like a little unbelievable it's the same shit every episode with these two like there's like their awkwardness yeah awkwardness like the plot like the plot from this episode to last episode felt very like let's just do it again yeah no you're right there wasn't a lot of movement it was he comes over and brings her vegan muffins and they watch like what are they like real housewives they watch, right? yeah um, and it's a secret from shoshana right at this point yeah from everyone forever from everyone yeah right? no one knows about it like i get that it would feel repetitive and cyclical because these two are so stagnant um mm-hmm. And, like, would just fall into this, like, pattern, like, this complacent pattern or whatever. But, like, the show doesn't need to devote so much time to these two, I think. Yeah. I, I feel is, like yeah. the one thing that we, we saw them get a little closer, I guess, and then have their first fight or their first kind of, you know a sign that yeah they are very different people they get a fight into her wanting to go on a community service trip to africa oh yeah like intellectualizes it and says this is why you're wrong and this is why it's good you didn't go and it's just this moment where you know these two people couldn't be more different and yeah sitting here together because as ray says they don't have anyone else to have lunch with yeah it's yeah the like they're also both wrong in this argument too in like ways that feel very (laughs) ideologically right for these characters like that's true marnie obviously like instagram obsessed marnie is obviously just trying to go to like this community service trip to take photos and like yeah or to tell people service yeah and like but ray also is like like anti-aid and like anti like community service in general because he's so like fatalistic it's like what's the point of caring yeah yeah he's like oh you like teach a man to fish or whatever which is like so not a the right way of looking at no situation yeah they are uh she also though when she says that it it is so cringy like neither of them sound good but oh yeah it it does it highlights so much their mismatch and just the it's like her comment comes off so like the moment she says it you just know that it's gonna land so awfully with him yeah i also love that um ray said he's too wise for grad school (laughs) oh right yeah and she's like if you're so smart 
why are you not going to grad school or something like that yeah it's a funny line it's very funny um, um another like kind of lame episode for jessa and jessa and shosh though like mm-hmm. jessa's like working this job and being terrible yeah, yeah. he like calls a clients or customers child morbidly obese or indirectly does but just such a crazy she's like if your daughter can't fit into this like she is probably obese <laughs> yeah but she makes the sale anyway because she's jessa yeah exactly, exactly. and shoshana is just like trying to make her 15 year plan work but i feel like it's not maybe working exactly as she wants it to be she's like trying out these all these guys right yeah this guy though is played by zosha mamet's real life husband no way mm-hmm. that's amazing yeah during the filming of the show or later they i think they've been together for a long time let me fact interesting check. that's but, fun um, I thought, yeah, they got they they were together at the time of filming. They've been married since 2016. Wow. Um, That's so but funny. I thought her like she like keeps calling him dumb, even as if she's like, that doesn't sound like something I'd say. <laughs> like that sounds like <laughs> um she like blames it on her friend who is like, quote, uh needlessly cruel. Um right. and then like call, calls him dumb in bed (laughs) it's so funny like yeah yeah. they're talking past each other right this her and this guy yeah and you can tell she's like missing ray she pulls out a a clipping of a timeout write-up of his new coffee shop so she's you know trying to get away from feelings about ray and yeah just hooking up with whoever which maybe is I don't know. I, I wouldn't call it growth for her character, um, but it's an interesting direction. And Yeah. I feel like she's sort of doing what Marnie does earlier in the show where like just sizing each other up versus the ex and being like, who's doing better post-breakup? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I think we kind of covered it from... Yeah. Yeah, it was again like pretty, pretty big Hannah episode. Yeah, two, yeah, yeah, two great episodes though. I really, um, really enjoyed both of these. Like, you know, always wish there was a little bit more Jess and Shosh, but I think the show is, uh, at its best when it does like posse episodes where they're all there or episodes when they focus on one character yeah yeah the next episode after this one we just talked about is beach house yeah huge house Mm -hmm. the one where they they go to marnie's mom's friend's place in north fork and they all um spoiler alert don't get along (laughs) yeah this definitely feels like a little abrupt to go from this episode into beach house but like i don't really care because beach house is the best are yeah arguably the best episode girls but i i feel like those turns those like sort of abrupt turns is actually something i noticed more when i was re-watching i feel like a lot of the episodes actually do that 
but it works it works because yeah. it's just like it's like skipping mundane details to be like okay let's like start sort of down a new path not that they don't logically follow from the previous they do all sort of feel like little tiny capsules in their own way yeah and it's not like that isn't how your 20s are like your 20s are very much like ping-ponging around from one situation to the other um yeah yeah like I I was thinking that as well like it it still effectively shows like character development and the kind of ups and downs and yeah where they're headed generally in an effective way so yeah. we we wrap up every episode with a few little segments um the first of which being which girl are you in these episodes oh in these the episodes first, our first which girl are you yeah oh geez um okay well I think that because of reasons I've already explained in the latter episode I'm I'm Hannah just because of the branded content spawn con plot line episode prior uh geez maybe I don't know maybe it, it's such a they're such Hannah driven episodes that I feel like I just focus on the Hannah so maybe yeah. I was just Hannah. I I feel I think I was Hannah in this week as well. Just yeah. you know, embarrassing to admit a little, but I know I I keep admitting it week after week, and it's it doesn't get less embarrassing. Good for you. Thank you. Yeah, I was shosh for once. Like I'm wow. never a shosh, which is usually a bad thing. I aspire to be a shosh in every aspect of my life, but um, yeah, this week actually. Her like um her like approach to like talking terms with like potential boyfriends is very mm-hmm. Drew coded. <laughs> so interviewing I interviewing them. Yeah. <laughs> so I like really um felt that quite deeply. Um establishing at least four hangouts per week. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what she says while he's like yeah (laughs) be the paralegal in your own relationship um (laughs) the next one we do is mvp and lvp of the week oh uh from this show just from the two episodes like yeah you can choose like one one each Uh, okay okay not like one lvp Okay, I I gotcha. LVP is is Hannah. Mm-hmm. Um, MVP. I have to say, actually, might be Adam for his his just maturity and emotional direction. Sort of. Oh, that's a good answer. Yeah, I had not. I never consider anyone beyond the girls for this and like I think I maybe would pick Adam too had I like did I cheat by going outside of the no you just got outside the box and that's probably that's always a good thing um I actually kind of thought Hannah was my MVP this week partially because she is like the dominant characters for this or Mm -hmm. the dominant character for these episodes but yeah like she does fail upwards in a way like even if the book deal doesn't go through, like she still has good IP that she can just wait three years for. Like success doesn't have to happen all at once. 
And like the corporate gig might not be fulfilling to her in a sense, but she's really good at it. And she finds a work family like immediately. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she is really great with her coworkers. Yeah. She's like, like they are quick friends. It's sort of like an envious thing to watch. I'm like, Damn. yeah. Yeah. My LVP is Marnie for reasons that should be abundantly clear. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think Drew might, might be the same again. I think it's, Hannah absolutely just kind of fall like successes are falling in her lap and she she needs to realize that yeah um yeah and LVP maybe Jessa for just you know not uh taking charge of her life (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah mean to customers of a children's clothes store yeah she's truly like almost I actually think Jessa's just nearly as narcissistic as hannah just in sort of a more passive manner yeah different shades of narcissism on each right mm-hmm. yeah um we also like to determine which is the biggest outfit or best outfit of the week oh my god what a lovely question i like, didn't yeah. even think about it drew do you have one i have one locked and loaded Nine times out of ten, Shosh wins this category for me because her fashion is so specific and excellent. But her, like, teal bomber jacket that she wore walking past the basketball court with, like, cat eye shades and, like, like, her hair is always, she is, like, the space queen. Like, I, I don't know how she like what YouTuber she's watching to get inspiration for how to do her hair. Cause like every week it is just bananas gorilla and I love it. So she wins for me. Good answer. Um, if, okay. My cheating answer is it's Jenna Lyons with her like big glasses and just like yeah. really statement her just like clean, like coasts esque, like uh, the row vibe, but my real answer, I guess, is Hannah's like shirt with the real like plastic lizard sewed on to yes. it. <laughs> Was oh that like a Sobe life water? Um, I don't know, That's but like... it's just like super cropped and yeah, <laughs> it looks so silly. But... I loved it. I think yeah. it might be Ray in his basketball gear. Oh like yeah, so YMCA like so. <laughs> so like just absolutely fatherly just <laughs> dare i say he looks like kind of more handsome than he usually does he definitely works it i i, I yeah. always he's kind of handsome though me too he is my um he's your crush my girl's crush yeah oh nice mm-hmm. yeah um and then our last segment biggest win and biggest fumble um, I guess this is kind of MVP LVP for me. I'm like definitely Hannah wins the week for actually getting a stable corporate job. I agree. Um, and big fumble is Marnie for reasons that should be abundantly clear. Yeah. 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 No, I think that's it. I think you distilled it. I, I can't think of a bigger fumble than Marnie. Um, like getting a cat from a backpack that she might not be able to take care of and poking up with a guy she doesn't even like yeah yeah and just like the midday tv watching and stuff you know depressing not to insult your 7 a.m tv watching (laughs) (laughs) 
it's different. 7 a.m is pre-work hours like i feel like that's like so it's like watching um like hoda like i don't think it's that like, <laughs> like no yeah allison williams is my hoda i guess but she's watching tv in the middle of the day because she literally has no other way to spend her hours yeah like, oh wow we covered a lot of ground really did and in such a enlightening and concise way this was such a good combo thanks guys it was super fun yeah you thank you for being here took um, my podcast virginity <laughs> uh where can f- people find you on social media if you'd like to be found oh sure um my twitter is apocros uh just my first initial and my last name um and that's probably the only place you people need to find me. You can find my Instagram if you search hard enough. That's <laughs> all I'll say. <laughs> um, I actually have something I'd like to promote this week too, for Please. once in my life. Let's hear it. Um, my other podcast, Crisis Twink. By the time you this episode is out, uh, will be celebrating its a hundredth episode. Crazily wow. enough, um, with a five day spectacular to determine the greatest song of all time um wow i am midway through recording this right now and it is an episode that has truly broken my brain in ways that i will probably never recover from but um features some very special guests some fan favorites plus excellent contributions from past guests like george severus uh carrie o'donnell and julia gray herself so um please go check that out as well Please send me a link when we're done here so I can. (laughs) Absolutely. And uh, yeah, until next week, everyone. Sweet. Thanks. Bye. Bye.